Have you been near this one? Yes, sir. We're a maximum security prison. You'll be handling rehab prisoners. But here we also have punishment cells. Cells. Dina. Hello, Father. See that sakit and then trust your eyes. Hey, and welcome to the McYapp and Fries Movie Podcast. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? Gavin here. Ian here. Thanks for listening. We <laughs> appreciate it so much. Yes. On today's show, we're going to be taking a look at Southeast Asian movies. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say that's pretty fair. That's Southeast pretty fair. Asian movies. We're yeah. going to be uh, giving reviews of uh, three three films. Um, first off, we'll be reviewing Apprentice, Singaporean film directed by Bu Junfeng. Uh, then after that, um, I'll be talking a little bit about um, Hanyut, uh, the uh, new film by uh, Yu Wei. New is a new well, relative term. It was shot in 2012, yeah. and um, it has it did get a um, a small release in Indonesia and in a couple of other places in the world. But, Indonesia, uh, Indonesia. What did I say? Indonesia, 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 Indonesia. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll finish up. Uh, with and now the... it's finally hitting Malaysian cinemas, yeah. and we'll finish up with the new Dane side film Interchange. Yeah. And as we should mention, we are sponsored by GreenRoom136.com, who provide urban carry gear to the on-the-go type. Awesome urban carry gear. Yeah. Like, fuck crumpler. It's how I carried my fucking shit here today. Exactly. And exactly. I put a lot more, there's a lot more shit in there than you think. I'm looking at this guy's fucking urban carry gear, people, and it's huge. Yeah, you, you can't tell there's a gun in there. Ian has huge urban carry gear. Yes. <laughs> I like it large. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to figure out what to do all the Velcro on the scale, outside. Sc- scale to suit the man. I got to get some badges to put on the Velcro on the outside, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get some Mondo pins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Mm. I want to get a NASA patch or something. And it's a shame you didn't spend anything on Black Friday because Threadless was selling pins. <laughs> shit! And they were selling really nice pins, too. <laughs> Even I was like, hmm, oh, shit, should I really, like, spend 100 bucks on pins? If you want to see what these are, you can go to greenroom136.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you use the offer code MacYap10. Mm-hmm. MCYAP10 you get 10% discount um, check them out support your local industry that's right it's well worth it it's really really good stuff check it out it's the last bag you'll ever buy well probably not probably not probably last, not last bag I ever buy I'm cheap yeah you are <laughs> <laughs> cheapest Irishman I know <laughs> I want to come to drinks <clears throat> so yeah we'll start off with Apprentice so yes you want to go <laughs> As I said before the podcast, I, right, well, let, it's, it's such a. I'm not. We haven't we haven't reviewed a serious movie in so long because we don't get an awful lot of them here. So when you well, see a serious movie, well, I'm, 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 I've lost the tools. Well, I mean, I, I reviewed the affair, the, uh, the, yeah. the, the last, uh, the last podcast that we did, and that was sort of a departure from the usual pop culture stuff that we yeah. normally do. This is very different from the pop culture stuff we normally do. Well, but I guess you could say that, um, you know, in our defense, that Apprentice is very much a part of current Singapore pop culture. Yes. Uh, because this is uh, Singapore's official entry in for the Oscars yeah. for uh, Best Foreign Film. But looking at the credits, it doesn't seem like it got an awful lot of support while it was being made. There was like 50 different um, production banners in there, made mm-hmm. with the help mm-hmm. of like yeah. German yeah. thing, yeah. German film uh, film festivals, Busan Film Festival was listed yeah. in the credits. Yeah, yeah. They shot in Australia? 
they shot the Australia, uh, they, sh- they shot the prison stuff in Australia. So like if you see the film, the thing is uh, basically intercut between uh, a prison in Singapore and also a prison. They, I think they shot in a prison in Perth, and then they also shot some stuff in Sydney. Mm. And I can't remember exactly what the story was, but uh, they might weren't, be outdoor. They weren't. They were. Uh, I think it's main mostly uh, uh, like uh, indoors. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the outdoor stuff, I think, is uh, Singapore. Yeah. Uh, but this, the prison in which they were shooting in was a pretty um, torn down prison. And so the whole thing needed to be produc- production designed up the ass. Yeah. Um, I had the good fortune of actually uh, speaking to the production designer, which was about uh, the conversation was about a different project. But mm. I did speak to him about Apprentice because I think I met him uh, probably a day or two after I saw Apprentice. I mm. saw Apprentice a while ago. I saw it in Singapore with another friend of mine. And... So it was interesting to listen to him talk talk about it, like, because when I saw it, I was I was thinking to myself, how much of this is production design, mm. and how much of it is an actual sort of prison, you know, like how much of it was already there, and uh, pretty much everything is production design. Oh, really? Yeah, like uh, the the prison itself, the the quarters, the, the where they were shooting, um, it was pretty bare. So they built you know, all that in to have the actual trapdoor. Yeah, and everything. So it looked like it looked made, yeah. like it made sense. It yeah, so, like it made I mean, sense. so kudos to the production designer because, yeah. um, you know, James is his name, uh, and. You know, because when I was watching it, I was like, like I said, I was thinking to myself, "Is this production design? It looks like a real prison." So, yeah. I mean, that's hey, a good, that's a good job. That's a good job. Really? Job well done. So, yeah, it uh, concerns Iman, who is a 28-year-old Malay correction officer who's transferred to the territory's top prison. Um, he seems to have some kind of interest in the hangman. Yes, because uh, Singapore has the death penalty. Yes, yes, death by hanging. Mm-hmm. Um, as does Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Good yeah. luck getting a movie like that this made here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this guy, Ayman, he gets, um, you know, he's 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 fought for this transfer. Like, he yeah. wants this transfer. And uh, it's because he has um, a particular interest in uh, Rahim, the, the hangman. Yeah. Um, Who's played by one Hanafi Su. Yes. And, you know, throughout the course of the film, we discover why, why he is interested, in, particularly in this hangman. Yeah. And um, there is some sort of connection to his past. Yeah, I mean, um, the, you get hints of it with his sister, who's constantly kind of getting knacked at him for going this route. Like, what are you fucking doing? Yeah, yeah. She's heading off with her... Uh, yeah, the sister, like, he, he lives with his sister, and uh, she's um, uh, dating this white guy, John. And uh, that sort of, uh, that relationship is sort of taking her away from her relationship with Ayman, her brother. Yeah. And, you know, there's some conflict there. And uh, like I said before, there's the whole sort of like connection between Ayman and uh, Rahim the Hangman. So as the film goes on, you find out more and more about the actual process of hanging. Yes. And you also, as that parallel to that, you also find out more and more about their history and his history with executioners. Yes. Now, all that's fine. Like, I actually like all that stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, first of all, I mean, like, did you like it? Um, the ending really pissed me off. Yeah, there's a there's an ending of it that is very very marmite. It's like you're gonna like it or hate it, and you could say I might say on a second viewing I might have a definitive idea of how it ended. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, for me, it was like what the fuck? No, but it is one of those endings where you pretty much have to make up your own mind. Yeah, and you know some people like that sort of thing, some people don't. Mm. I was kind of indifferent towards it. I didn't really have issues with the ending so much as I had with just um, kind of the overall feeling that you're left with. Um, I mean, like, I mean, just to talk about what I liked about it, like, like, uh, like I was saying earlier, I really enjoyed the production design. Mm. I think it's a well-made film. It's a, it's a handsome film. Yeah. You know, the film looks good. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, there's moments where, you know, the way dealing with the prisoners on death row. Yeah. And yeah. the like, fact... Uh, like, like, um, like Crispian Chan, who plays uh, Randy, the guy who's on uh, death row. Is it the first or the second guy? The second guy. Yeah. Um, you know... Uh, He's one of the twins. 
Twin Boys? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, I, that, I found that very powerful. My like, girlfriend like, found that just the concept, like I was just like, the concept of, they, the way they introduce these characters very briefly, you know nothing about them really, yeah, just yeah. the fact that they're on death row and their hanging is coming, yeah. and the preparation for it and the process of it, that really affected my girlfriend. Yeah. Like, I, I was surprised at how much that, that got to her, because I was more interested in Iron Man's story and how it affected him, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I really uh, enjoyed that aspect of it, and I thought that was very nice. I mean, in terms of plot, there's not a whole lot you can talk about it, because the plot is like really simple yeah. you know even the whole thing that I'm saying about like Ayman's connection with Rahim I mean like I'm, I don't want to say it because yeah. it's one of the it's, it's not even a surprise you find out very early on in the film what that connection is yeah but it's just, and you can probably guess the connection yeah but the anyway, reason then becomes like he's a, he, he wants to get close to this hangman why, why do you think yeah do you think maybe the hangman uh, you, know, <laughs> you know so so I mean like it's not even really a spoiler I just think like uh, it's probably good not to give it away yeah and I think then what it becomes is well what does he want to know exactly not and just you know what he wants not, not just um, is he looking for one piece of information he's looking mm-hmm. for the feelings around that information and the actual reasons behind that information yeah and at the same time he's he's trying to figure out where he fits in the puzzle as well yeah, because just getting cause to because he, he has mixed feelings about it as well he's kind of because, you know, a relationship develops between these two men. Yeah. And it is this weird thing. It's like, do I hate this guy? Do, do I see myself in this guy? There's all of that that's, Cause, that's cause in there as well. The chief, uh, chief Rahim is very matter-of-fact about the whole thing. Yeah. Because like, he is. He's been doing this for six, fifty years or something, right? Yeah. So if for him it is a job, he tries to make sure that, uh, I mean, there's a nice moment where they talk about, you try and make it a, a clean drop. Yeah. This whole idea of like sever the spine, don't let them dangle because if they dangle, they suffocate and that's horrifying. Yeah. And there's a scene where you see the hanging and yeah. that happens and that whole buildup is incredibly tense. Yeah. And the way they deal with it is just, it's very businesslike, but it's also slightly, there's nothing mean about it. Yeah. Yeah. And no, nothing, I mean, he sees it as a noble profession. Hmm. Um, His job is to make sure it's over for them as quickly as possible. Yeah. And I like all that. Like, I think all of that works really, really well. And, you know, moments like the one that you were talking about do generate a fair amount of tension and it's nicely done the way yeah. the whole thing is handled is nicely done i think my major sort of issue with the film is that essentially it's a character study mm-hmm. and it's building up to something between these two characters and it's ripe for dramatic fireworks and i was just disappointed that those fireworks never came he never got the conversation where he says why are you being so obtuse Basically, yeah. You know, it's like there's a lot of build-up mm. and the, the movie builds things up quite well. I thought but, there, but there I is just, a big I, conflict where they're talking... No, there's a... I won't even call it... A, I mean, there's, there's a conflict, but it's like... It just felt... Oh, is that it? Mm. You know, I mean, like they do get to have that moment where the two of them sort of have this standoff dramatic moment. But it just feels like a little bit of... It doesn't feel like a bang. It feels more like a whimper for me. Mm. I didn't um, get that from that scene at all. I was thought, thought that was inter- very interesting. And what happens after that then goes a little bit weird yeah but i think ultimately what what really bugged me about it is that when it comes to like when it comes to like the you know the the sucker punch at the end Mm -hmm. there's no sucker punch and Mm. i wanted a sucker punch Mm. uh you know like it and i and i it just bugged me that at the end of the day the movie doesn't take a stand it doesn't it doesn't take a position it leaves you hanging no i mean uh, uh, uh. It no, it doesn't take a position. It doesn't have an opinion. It just sort of presents it in like, oh, whatever you think, like. Yeah, but I, I was on board with that because it's kind of it comes across a bit like a documentary to me, and I was on board with that. The way it's shot as well kind of feeds feed, feeds into that a little bit. Yeah, it's sort of presented in this way. It's like, oh, you make up your mind, your own mind about how you feel. But and 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 th- in theory, I get that. But 
when it comes to the actual film itself, by removing that, you are removing a huge amount of drama. Mm. Because you are just presenting something and allowing it to just sort of float. And without taking a stand, it's like the movie seems to have big balls until the, until the final act. And, mm. the, and then the final act, it's got no balls at all. And it's just sort of like, oh, that's it? Mm. You know what I mean? It just sort of that, that, a, a little bit. Kind of, but... It just kind of left me. It just kind of left me a little dry. I was like, oh, okay. So you know, all this build up and no bang at the end. Hmm. I think the ending is. It, it tries to be that bang. Like I said it didn't leave me in a good way. But I think it is a good movie to see because you don't see this type of movie, especially not about this type of subject. At oh all. yeah, no, it's worth seeing. And I, and I would say that about all three of the films that we're going to review. I mean, mm-hmm. regardless of what your feelings are towards them, I think all three movies are worth seeing for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And. You know, I'm not saying Apprentice is a bad film. Not yeah. at all. Not at all. I just was, I was just disappointed in, in, in the last act. Mm. I just figured that the, the movie seemed to be heading in a particular direction. And then when it came to the last act, it didn't just head in the wrong direction. It didn't head in any direction. Mm. And it just sort of, you know, it's like, it's like the movie seemed to know, know what it wanted to be until the last act. And then after that, it's like, actually, I was just kidding. I, I don't know what this movie is. Uh, you decide. Mm. And that kind of, I felt a bit cheated by that. Okay. But no, I mean, I think people should see it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think, you know, like, uh, you know, Southeast Asian cinema is going through a very interesting period in the last few years where you're having very interesting uh, filmmakers really sort of, you know, throw their hat into the ring and try, and, and try some interesting stuff. Yeah. And this subject matter is very interesting subject matter. And they're all coming out from the same time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good for us. You yeah. know, I mean, at the end of the day, we win. Yeah. Um, and I, so, yeah, I'm not saying don't see it. I'm just saying, like, me, my own personal opinion, it lost me in, in, the, in the third act. Hmm. It lost me in the final minutes. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Moving on. We'll move on to... Uh, but definitely go see it. Yeah, definitely go see it. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, what's the next one? Hanyut? Yeah, I'll just talk very briefly about Hanyut. You say that all the time. You go on for fucking ages. <laughs> so, yeah, like I was saying earlier, Hanyut was... Um, it's based on the Joseph Conrad novel... Um, Almayer's Almayer's Folly, which I have not read. Mm-hmm. So, if you are familiar with the book and you go see the movie, um, you know maybe it is a really good adaptation. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I watched it cold, not knowing anything about the original source material. But it's about um, this Dutch trader, Almayer, mm-hmm. um, who is in uh, Malaya uh, at the end of the nineteenth century, and he basically has, uh, you know, there's this sort of legend about this mountain of gold. Yeah, and naturally this Dutch guy wants it he mm-hmm. wants to get the gold and then he wants to get the fuck away from Malaya because he's just been there for too long and he's one of these he's one of these Europeans who um, has never been to Europe he was born in Singapore oh and is he is he Peter O'Brien is he the yes, flying doctor yes yeah played by yeah he's the flying doctor Peter okay. O'Brien and um, and he's taken a local wife played by Sophia Jane and uh, they have a they have a daughter uh, they have a, they have a daughter Nina who and the film opens uh, with uh, Nina as a very young girl being sent away to Singapore and um, Sophia Jane's character Mem is basically like chasing after them and she's like she's like hysterical because her daughter's being taken away from her uh, and basically the whole reason for her to be sent away is so she can learn how to be a lady mm-hmm. and so she's this you know like uh, I mean things can be tough for mixed kids now imagine what it was like back then and so yeah. so she's like this displaced girl and they're out in the the, the sticks is out in the yeah, yeah, yeah out in the in the jungle um and then, so that's the beginning, and then it cuts to like 10 years later, and um, Almira's still there, still looking for his way out, and he's hooking up with, um, you know, he's hooking up with, um, you know, like a Malayan, uh, Malayan prince played by Adiputra. His character's name is uh, Dane Marula, 
and there's the and what is interesting about the film is that it sort of shows sort of um, a different time in in Malayan history where all of the different sort of races sort of were, were all together. So you got Chinese, Indians, Arabs, and all of that that are kind of working together and cohabitating together and you know they're sort of like coexisting. Yeah, they've all got one thing in common: they're all being oppressed by the white man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in the meantime, you've just got Almire just trying to hook up with. Uh, you know, Dane Marula and just trying to like sweet talk everyone into convincing them, yeah, we're going to go on this expedition, I'm going to find the gold, and then I'm going to get the fuck out of Malaya and go back to Europe. Yep. And I'm going to take Nina with me. Um, and in the meantime, Nina is falling in love with Dane Marula. And you got the mom, uh, Mem, Sophia Jane's character, who is trying to help facilitate this, this romance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and all of this is sort of just happening kind of in the background. And it's, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Right. Um, you know, and uh, as as it always is with these kinds of things, it is not heading in a good direction. Yeah, things come to a fl- uh, flashpoint. Yeah. So the the whole <laughs> you just got to take it to the um uh what? So, no 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 <laughs> <laughs> a flare point. Uh, you know, yeah, it's yeah, all no. going to build up to something, right? That's right. Um, and that is the sort of basic plot of mm. the whole story. Now, this film has gotten a lot of publicity for. Not necessarily the right reasons. The film is, uh, it went hugely over budget. I think the original budget was, was, uh, 12 million, mm-hmm. I think. And it ended up costing 18, mm. 18 million. So it's more like, uh, UA Hanji Sari's folly, is it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know the details of how it went over budget. I don't know if it happened during production or whether it happened during post or what, or it just wasn't budgeted properly to begin with. I have no mm-hmm. idea. Um, but it is one of these weird things where, like, I honestly, I went in there wanting to like it. Mm-hmm. I really did. I really went in there hoping, it's like, I hope this movie blows my mind. And it didn't. Mm. It didn't. Um, when a movie costs 18 million ringgit, you expect it to feel big or mm-hmm. feel epic. And it doesn't. It, so you don't see the money up on screen, like, even with the location shoots and stuff like that? Well, I mean, the thing is with the locations is that the locations are primarily jungle, kampung, ocean. Um, and while you do get the odd ship coming in and there are some, you know, and, and uh, there are British soldiers who turn turn up and then their outfits kind of look kind of cool and, and there are some, like, you know, cannons that are shot and you think to yourself, yeah, that must have cost some money. But it never feels epic. It mm. never feels big. There's no it, big shots of, like, the, the jungle beside the ocean or... There are, but... They don't feel epic. They don't feel epic. It, it's bizarre. Um, and it's... Because I got that idea from the trailer. I mean, it's trying to sell itself as a big epic romance. Uh, epic yes, yes, period it romance. is. It is, and to me, it just doesn't tick enough boxes to qualify. Mm. Um, and I was really upset by that because I really wanted to like it, and I just found myself bored. It, it's not, you know, it's it's very slow, mm. uh, and it, bizarrely enough, it doesn't feel like anything happens. Oh really? Even though things happen, you never get the. You never get the sense that, like, oh, shit, the tide's turning. You know what I mean? There's never anything of like that. You never get that feeling where it's like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? You know, where, where, where you can tell, like, oh, characters are fucking up and it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn really ugly. Mm. Even, it, it, you, I never got that feeling. There's no tension in it. There was, there, I, yeah, exactly. I just didn't feel any tension in it. Um, and so, yeah, it's just one of those weird films. I mean, again, like, you know, like what I was saying with the uh, with Apprentice, it was like all three, all three of these movies are movies that should be seen. And I do think people should see this movie. It's by no means bad. Mm-hmm. It's just disappointing. Yeah. But I think it deserves, it deserves your attention 
just to sort of check it out, you know, I mean, because in a, in a way the, the movie's a bit of an oddity. Yeah. You don't have local films like this that 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 end up costing this much or that have this much sort of like production hell issues behind it, you know, just to sort of see what came of it. Um, and, and I just didn't understand, you know, how, you know, like there are certain stories where you kind of get a sense of like why someone wanted to make it. Mm -hmm. The question I kept asking myself while watching this film is that I don't understand why someone really felt determined to make this. So it's more Spider-Man three than Spider-Man one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's <laughs> probably not the best comparison uh, but Sam Raimi wanted to make Spider-Man 1 he didn't want to put Venom in Spider-Man 3 no but Yue clearly wanted to make this movie I mm. mean he clearly wanted to make it and you know part I mean okay and not, not to, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of selling it a bit short I mean okay. there are nice moments mm -hmm. not to say that there, not to say I didn't like the whole film there are some moments in there that I thought yeah this is cool but you weren't swept up in it I wish the whole film was like this yeah you know, and they're fleeting. They're fleeting moments. Um, the performances are okay. There's no real standout. Um, Peter O'Brien, they've got him speaking Malay, and it just sounds horrible. Oh, really? It just sounds horrible. And, and, it, and it does this weird thing. Um, I had a similar sort of thing with Interchange, where you kind of go from English Malay, English Malay, and everyone kind of understands each other. And it's this sort of this weird thing. It was like, well, you know, did you learn Malay so you can speak to the locals? And if so, why do you why do you only open your conversation in Malay and then everything else is, is in English? Mm. You know, they're just things like that that just don't sort of fit. There's something about it that feels a bit off. But it is something that all three, even The Apprentice has it as well, where for me, I'm watching most of it in subtitles, but they are switching between English and Malay, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice to have that because people do do that here. It is nice to have that, but... If, you, if you're on Malaysian Twitter at all, it, I... I be, I know, I'm on Google I, I know, Translate but, all the fucking time. I know. I know. Like people do that. In theory, they do that. But in film, it's rarely done how people do it. Yeah. Most of the time, you, you will, zoom into you zoom into um, Sean Connery's ear, and they're all speaking English from now. It's on. like you'll, you'll it's like you'll have one line of dialogue, and then the next line of dialogue is in English. Then, and then, then they go. Like, yeah. And 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 to me, it's like that's not how we speak. Most times you will have English and Malay in the same sentence. Mm. You know, and to me, that's a more natural way of doing it. Yeah. But that, but that's not so much to do with... And that really fucks up Google Translate. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on on Twitter half the time. But that's, but that's more to do with um, uh, interchange than it is with Hanyu. Like, so you know, it's, mm. it's not, not so much of a thing. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't see it being a huge hit. Mm. In order to break even, it's got to make like twice as much money as the journey. And I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah. But I do think that if you are a fan of cinema and if you're if you consider yourself someone who's interested in Malaysian cinema I do feel you should see it mm. you know, like I don't regret seeing it yeah you know but that these are my thoughts anyway yeah but that's what this is this podcast is, these yeah. are your thoughts these are my thoughts <laughs> okay well we'll move on to Interchange alright there's been a lot of hype about this as well yes Interchange is the uh, new film by Dane Syed his follow up to uh, Bunuhan which was very much a critical darling and the second movie to feature scene, the second movie this year to feature scenes from my backyard. <laughs> yes. Halanga <laughs> Pakak. Yeah, so. So Interchange is the story of Edel Putra, who's, I don't know, remember, Adam. That's Adam, and it's also Detective Man, who's played by. Uh, Shahizi Sam. Shahizi Sam. And um, friend of the show, Alvin Wong. Yes. He's another detective in the show. Yes. <laughs> and it's about a, there's a series of uh, ritualistic murders happening in they don't say KL right and it's the Metro Police as well they don't say police I think it's because they want to get around having the police to review it they bounce with that in the queue I, what, what, is, what, what, what do they call it like, Metro Police 
Metropolis. Metropolis. No, Metro- they call it Metropolis. Yeah, but it, no, it's, but it's Metropolis. I know, but they call it Metropolis. Did they? I didn't catch yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was um, uh, Nadira Nisa's character, uh, you know, Billion's friend, like the the one who's like taking care of Billion. Yeah. Like I think she says it, like you know, Metropolis. Oh really? I think I'm pretty sure. Because I was I'm I was just reading sure it all the time, it. and it was always Metro with police underneath. Yeah, yeah. Because I was at the, I saw this at a, a BFM screening. Thanks, BFM. And they had Dane Said and the producer there. Yeah. And yeah. they were talking about you know it is a if you if you listen to what's outside Malaysia and you see this movie find out, get to see this movie mm-hmm. there is a, a reason for having it that way because if you um have cops in your movie and they're malaysian cops they have to fit certain guidelines yeah, yeah, and the yeah. director even said like the cop the main cop breaks rules yes and they yes. can't have that in a malaysian yes, movie yes you can't have a Riggs or Murtaugh in a malaysian movie unfortunately. Yes. no absolutely <laughs> that's very true malaysian lethal weapon is very by the book yes he's not really lethal he's he just loses he's his gun of, all the he, time. He's, he's, an, he's an obedient weapon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he just loses his gun all the time because that happens to them a lot as well, right? Yeah. But yeah, so these these ritualistic murders are happening. Um, for some reason, uh, the detective man wants Adam involved because Adam is a f- former forensics f- uh, photographer who kind of got out of it. Yeah, I mean, basically, you get, uh, you know, like um, like Adam, played by Edel Putra. Um, at the beginning of the film, basically, he's, yeah, he's a forensic photographer who... The last couple of cases just fucked him up, and, yeah. and he was put on a forced leave of absence, and he doesn't want to do it anymore. And uh, now he just spends his days being a voyeuristic peep, peeping Re- Tom. Reenacting <laughs> rear, rear window, right? Yeah. And uh, so he's just checking out. He's being, he, Jimmy Shur- he's, being Jimmy Stewart. He's on his balcony with his camera. With his cannon. With his cannon, <laughs> fucking like checking out other people's lives. And, and he's he, not being he's not being in any way subtle about it. He's no, on the no, fucking he's balcony like, with a big tripod big and just tripod, standing there looking like, at people. It's like fucking daytime and it's, it's an entirely it's a lovely building it's all white yeah so yeah. the ca- black camera and tripod really stand out yeah and he's there just checking out this chick uh yeah. he's checking out this chick eva played by uh prissia uh Nas- i hope i got that right that's his wife isn't it yes that is his wife yeah i think they met while shooting the film oh really i think i don't know mm. i don't know <laughs> don't quote me on that <laughs> um so yeah so he's uh so he's checking out this. He's checking out this girl, and then that's when uh, Detective Man, Jersey Sam, comes comes up to him and says, "Like, hey, man, I need, I need you. I need your eye, I or need, something. I need your eye. I need you back. I need you back in the game." So he gets back in the game, takes some pictures of some fucked up shit, gets freaked out again, and he starts seeing things. Yeah. And uh, earlier on, he had already said as well, like that he sees things also. Mm. Oh, really? Like, I think so. I think I remember something in the film where he's like, "Yeah, you know," or or, or maybe uh, Detective Man says that to him. He's like, "So you see things? So what?" Or something mm. like that. It was like it was just like a throwaway line. There is, and again, this is again from the Q and A that they did say that there was something in the original script about him suffering from the same thing Lewis Carroll had, which was, it's like uh, pan, per, per, Lilliputian something. Like that. It's it's a feeling where like all of a sudden you feel small in the room or you feel like you're zoomed in on things. So that would be an interesting note if it had been in the film. Right, it yeah. wasn't quite there for it. Whereas uh, otherwise, it just Lilliputian just looks confused a lot of the time. Yeah. Or he gets the the part of these ritual killings is this glass plate photography, mm-hmm. and when he touches those, he has certain visions and things like that. Yes, yes. There's a lot of really subtle effects in it. Like like I almost thought they weren't there. There's like some things where he's looking at a photo mm-hmm. and he's beside a glass door or a mirror, mm-hmm. and in the mirror it animates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you notice yeah, that? Yeah, like yeah. The only like some of them were like so fleeting. Yeah, no, there's some nice there's some nice VFX work in there. Yeah. Um, there's also some VFX that don't quite work. The bird. <laughs> yeah. So things. Escalate his relationship with Eva develops. Um, huh? Photography yeah. pun. Um, and you find out more about what's going on. What 
these tie of these these strange characters is together and what uh, Nicholas Apatura's character is all about, who's this hoodie guy who walks around with weird fingers and you're not 100% sure. And the man gets a grudge. Mm-hmm. They shoot behind my place. Shit happens. Yeah. That's it in a nutshell without giving too much away. Mm. And there is, there, uh, we should say, there is a fantastic element to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it is, I mean, um, what's her name? The Sabahan documentary maker? Sarawakian... Nadira Lana, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she was involved, I think, as a consultant. Oh, she was. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, and uh, I, I saw a post from her saying, like, you know, it's nice to have. It's, it's not looking outside in. It's like this is a real, not a real thing, but it's like it's close enough. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, unfortunately, it kind of lost me a little bit because, as you're going through it, there's it, it, certain certain scenes pop out as like, wait, what? Yeah. And yeah. then a couple of those pile up, and then it's not like, wait, what? And then, like, I said to my girlfriend after the film, it's one thing for film to... The film has rules that you see. Yeah. And there are rules behind that that you can infer, perhaps. Yeah. And, like, you know, some of the... Like, like, like re-watching The Sixth Sense. Yeah. Once you realize that... A certain, if you haven't seen The Sixth Sense. Once you realize that Bruce Wallace is dead, you know, and you watch it again, you realize things like he has no reflection or all yeah. this kind of stuff. And th- those rules are there, and you can infer them after the fact. Yeah. I felt that this didn't quite have that. I would have to agree. There's certain conversations that happen and when, in light of developments later, mm-hmm. it's like, this makes no sense. Well, I think for me, the film... Uh, I mean, first of all, I think, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's it's gloriously weird. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's, it's a weird movie and... But it's very well... It, it makes KL look interesting. Like, oh, no, they, I, think, they, I, think, I think the film looks great. Like, I think they said they want to stay away from the Twin Towers, but I think they sneak in there at one corner. Yeah, no, I, I think the film looks great. It I looks think, fantastic. I, I think, uh, you know, it's really well shot. Our, yeah. direction is, our direction is very cool. For the most part, um, it's really I, well I lit think, as well. I, yeah, I think Luca's score is very good. That's um, Luca from Maginex, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that Luca's score really gives the film some much-needed momentum mm-hmm. uh, because... You try and imagine it without that score. There, there are a lot of scenes where it's just people talking, mm. and the score really gives those scenes momentum. I just kind of felt that that the film was just missing a reel. Yeah, you know that that, that was what I felt. I, I felt like there's a director's cut out there that explains everything that I didn't get. And I think an early example, and this is what I said, these things pile up. An early example is the actual physical meeting of Eva and Adam. They bump yeah. into each other. It's a very much a kind of a, a standard meet cute kind of thing. Yeah, but and their maybe, their, their relationship escalates very fast. Yeah, no, but even their, that initial meeting. Now, again, like the language thing, they do maybe start in English, cut to Malay, start back to English. So I do have to keep popping up and down the subtitles. And I thought I'd miss something because they bump into each other. She drops something. He gives it back to her, and then they go to a shop together. Yeah, and it's like, did I miss them saying, "Hey, I know someone we can get out of the rain." Or something like that. Like it's a, it's like that that connective tissue is missing. Yeah. And that's a prime example of what s- snowballs after that, mm-hmm. because there is these things that happen, and you're like, one in retrospect, and having listened to the director talk about the movie, it's like a line here or there could have evened that all out. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a point of one. There's a point where a character gets hurt, and based upon everything you know about that character, at that point, that shouldn't be a point of tension. Yeah. And so you're left questioning that instead of enjoying the movie. Yeah, I mean, so, like, like I said, I mean, like I, I just think that uh, the film is missing some scenes. Mm. Um, I think it's missing some things that would that would have tied certain things together, that would have made the overall thing make a little bit more sense. Mm. Um, 
that I mean, you know, that was the main thing I took away from it. So I'm, I'm holding. I hope there's going to be a director's cut in the future. Like I hope they've got like some some money or something yeah. to actually invest in a director's cut because I do feel that there has to be a director's cut. Yeah. Uh, because like I said, it just feels like there's things missing to tie certain things together. Yeah. 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 I mean. So I mean, like I said, my girlfriend said I missed it in the Q and A as well because I, I don't know I was looking for the subtitles in the Q and A. I don't know, but um, my girlfriend said they did say they left a lot on the cutting room floor. I, I I missed that in the conversation. I think I was taking a photo at the time. Yeah, but uh, they did say that. So well, I hope it's not all on the floor, and I hope that they've kept it stored somewhere <laughs> so they can so they can fucking do a director's cut because I would really like to see a yeah. director's cut. Yeah. Um, I mean that that's my main sort of. Uh, complaint about the film is yeah. that I've just found I just thought that there were things missing that just could have made it a bit more cohesive mm. which is just that the core conceit of this movie is that the, 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 the director said he got the idea from looking at a photo print of I can't remember the guy's name some guy went on an expedition into Malaya mm-hmm. back in the day in the 1800s or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and took a photo of women washing themselves in the water to dispel the evil spirits from having their photo taken Yeah. so that idea of like this fucker yeah. It's like the worst dickhead at a party with a selfie stick. Takes a photo of the women washing the evils of photo- photography off themselves. Which is cool. It's a very it's, cool it's idea. It's a very cool idea. And then he mentioned something else to tie into that. There was something else about... Um, there was another idea that he wanted to tie together. It was the photo- something about, photo- about photography in general. And photography is a very... It ties, it, like I said, it's the idea that it, could, it, it doesn't feel like it's a theme. It's yeah. kind of like, in retrospect, it's a theme. Whereas it could have been, you know... Could have been cool shots of like through lenses and stuff like that. You could have been constantly playing with that, and I guess some of that was the effects work. Yeah, to play with that idea of image and reality. And that's what I think he's talked about that image reality thing. Like, is reality nowadays, especially with phones and stuff? Is, I think he mentioned this. Like, is reality what we're seeing, or like you look at? Oh, he mentioned going to a concert and everyone's behind their phones and that yeah. kind of idea yeah. that to make it real has to be a photo. Yeah, and there is some uh, foreshadowing of that in the uh, opening of the film. Mm. You know, where you're sort of seeing this live music act through through phones yeah and, and you know so there is some foreshadowing of that no I mean a lot of thought has gone into it it's an in, you know it's an intelligent film yeah it's just missing some chapters yeah and I have no fucking clue why it's called Interchange <laughs> <laughs> yeah I kind of asked myself to say well it sounds cool right? it's a cool name it yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. cool right yeah. as long as it sounds cool yeah gives a fuck I mean, it was, a, it was an establishing shot of a, of a highway or something. I get it. Yeah. But or yeah, I, I mean, but I think, you know, go see this movie. Yeah. Like, regardless of uh, whether you like it or not, it deserves to be seen. Yeah. And it's, again, it'll be a stepping stone to something better. It's not something better, but something greater. Like, like, I think Hanya, like if Hanya had come out when it came out, it might have been, by now, we might have been getting bigger budget Malaysian movies. Maybe, maybe, yeah. It is interesting because, you know, you do, you do sort of carry with you the baggage of knowing sort of the backstory of all these things. Yeah. So if Hanyada came out when it was supposed to come out, yeah. you might look at it differently. Yeah. And I mean, it's, and it's always, it's always, I, I have a, I have a hard time taking Alvin Wong seriously because of what happened on your stag. But watching him on screen, <laughs> it kind of like, <laughs> look at that dude. I remember what happened to him. <laughs> Unfor- unfortunately. Watching watching local films is a little difficult for me because like most people on there, I'm like, dude, I can't take you seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> we saw, know every, you know everybody. I saw you do that to this and that to who? What? Yeah, yeah what? Like, you know, I can't see you fucking do a serious monologue now. Yeah, you have a pen, you have an apple, you fuck the apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, go see Interchange. Yeah, regardless of how you feel about it, you know, I mean, I I do feel that it is one of those films that. It is one of those movies 
that's worth seeing to just talk about after. Yeah. You know, you go see it and then after that have a beer with your friends and just talk about it. It is one of those kinds of films and, and, where and you then, can where you can sort of pick it apart. And I like movies like that. Yeah. And while I did have my issues with it, I have zero regrets watching it. I, yeah. I'm glad I saw it. And I had a chat with Um from BFM and here, who's also been on BFM with me a few times, and they filled in gaps for me. And we had that conversation, just not within earshot of the director. Yeah. Because that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be just weird. No, you don't want to do that. No, but Um had spotted some things, but here spotted some things I didn't spot, and yeah, it's interesting yeah. that way. Yeah. So yeah, definitely check it out. So let's share a local movie extravaganza. Yep. Three films, all worth your time. Yep. And if you go see them. Because, you know, <laughs> but also... go see my review of Hanyut, I just feel weird saying that. <laughs> but I genuinely mean it. Like, all three of these movies are worth your time. Yeah. So, you know, get out there on social media. They, 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 they need... Malaysian movies, they can do well or not do well in the cinema very, very, very quickly here. Yeah. So if you do see it, you know, email, you know, and you have thoughts on them, get back in contact with us at podcast at mcgappenfries.com. Use the hashtag interchange or the hashtag Hanyard or the hashtag, I think it's Apprentice Movie, I'm not sure. I don't think it was. Might be, otherwise it might get confused with, you're fired. Yes, (laughs) we're all fired now. But um, yeah, let us know as a podcast, or you can email us at podcast at mcgappenfries. Our Twitter handle is at mcgappenfries. I'm on at mcnastyprime. And I'm at gavyap on Twitter, at gavyap77 on Instagram. Yeah, I'm at McNasty Prime on everything because I planned ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean there's another Gav? Yeah. Yeah. For all I know, it's probably me. Yeah, probably. I just, you just I forgot. Just, I just forgot. Yeah, I know. I've, <laughs> I know. I've, I've worked with you. I know what you're like. There you go. And knowing what we're like, we're going to finish it now. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you.